0: are listening to the sermon audio podcast from heights baptist church in alvin texas for more information about our church you can find us at heightschurch.org good morning church my name is lee i'm the lead pastor here at heights if you are joining us for the first time today we want to say welcome to you Thank you for allowing us to come into your living room today, and uh, it's good to be able to worship the Lord together, uh, even through this medium. You know, this past week, I, I posted this on Facebook in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus says, I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, for Christians, we're not able to meet right now physically in one location, but I need you to understand that we are the church. We often gather in a building that we call a church, but what Jesus says there is we're the church. And the good news is the gates of hell will not prevail against us. That means this, nothing will stop the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've seen that all throughout history, whether it be persecution or viruses or other things, nothing stops the people of God when they are motivated and committed to being the people of God where they are. So uh, we have put together a response plan that we are going to follow over the next several weeks. And this plan is in line with the recommendations of the CDC and our president. This past week, I posted a video on our Facebook page outlining this plan, uh, but let me go back over it with you just briefly in case you missed that previous video. Through the rest of March and through the rest of April, we are suspending all our worship services, life groups, Bible studies, Uh, Social activities, discipleship classes here on campus. Uh, That plan helps us stay in line with the recommendations of the CDC uh, to not gather for more than 50 people at a time over the next eight weeks. Our life groups will be resuming on April the 5th. With modifications. Uh, So life groups. No more life groups through the end of March. But April 5th. They will start again with modifications. So I need you to contact your life group leader. Or your life group leader will be in touch with you. Our church office hours are going to be adjusted. Over the next couple of weeks. Our church office will be open. On Mondays and Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. This allows our staff to stay in line with the president's recommendation of no more than 10 people gathered over the next 15 days. Our youth and children are now going online for their content. And so parents and uh, be in watch out for that over the next uh, several days and weeks, I'll let you know, I'm so proud of our staff because they've been working so hard to really transition our church uh, to do what we need to still do over this time period in this season. And so remember this, we as a church, we're not closed. We're very much open right now. We are working. We are ministering together where you are because we are the people of God. We're the church. And so I want to encourage you to continue to stay faithful where you are to continue to read your Bible and to pray, have gospel conversations, find ways to serve and to love your neighbor over this next season that we're in. Please understand as well, this is a fluid plan, just as this is a very fluid situation that we see literally almost changing every day. So we are monitoring very closely what's happening in our local community, uh, and as we need to adjust, we'll adjust. But this morning, I'm excited to launch a new series that's going to be over the next couple of weeks. I've put a pause on our Outcast series. And I want to talk to you today about how Jesus is greater. And so in the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at how Jesus is greater. You know, with everything going on with the coronavirus, I just pray, Lord, what do I need to say? What do we need to find in your word? What comfort do We need from your word and he just gave me that phrase. Jesus is greater. So today we're going to talk about how Jesus is greater than all our problems. And so let's open in a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your kindness toward us. I thank you that even in the midst of these moment and time with the anxiety and the worry and the stress that we're going through as a people that we can be reminded that Jesus Christ is greater than all our problems. And so, Lord, as we get into your word today, in the space we are with the folks that are maybe gathered around us, Lord, I pray that you open our hearts, you open our minds uh, to hear your word. Remind us that even though we're not fully together today, you're still with us, that the Holy Spirit is still working in us, and that as a church... There's nothing that's going to stop the spread of the good news of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible with you or maybe there on your phone, let's go to Acts chapter 16 this morning. So if you'll turn to Acts chapter 16, you know, when you think about problems, uh, we don't have to go looking for problems. You know, problems find us. You know, we didn't go looking for the coronavirus. The coronavirus found us. And, you know, the Bible says a lot about problems. You know, in Job chapter 5 in verses 6 and 7, it says this. For affliction does not come from the dust, nor trouble sprout from the ground. But man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. James says it this way in James chapter 1 in verse 2. Count it all for joy, my brothers, when you meet various kinds of trials. You know, James says there are not if you come into trials, but when you come into trials, he's saying it's going to be certain that we'll have problems. Uh, Jesus said it this way. And I love this verse. I've, I've been thinking about this verse a lot over the last couple of weeks. He says in John sixteen I've said these things to you that in me. You may have peace, but in the world, you'll have tribulation, but take heart for I have overcome the world. You know, when, when problems hit and troubles come, what's your response? How do you respond to problems? Well, we know they're going to happen. So how do we need to respond? You know, in Acts chapter 16, this is one of my favorite chapters in all of the book of Acts. And why I love Acts 16 is we find Paul and Silas and Philippi. And this is an area I've actually gotten a chance to visit. I've, I've been to uh, Philippi. I've walked the area in the city that Paul and Silas walked. I saw the prison uh, in which they were in. I've seen the river in which Lydia was baptized. And, and so I love this passage because I've, I can kind of see in my mind uh, what was written here in the word of God. But what you have going on in Acts 16 is Paul and Silas have entered into Philippi. Um, when they are there, they meet a lady by the name of Lydia, who is a very important businesswoman. Uh, Lydia starts inquiring about the Lord, and and Paul and Silas share the gospel of Jesus Christ with her, and she prays to receive Christ, and she's baptized. Well, then on the next day, as Paul and Silas are continuing to move through the town, uh, they come across a, a young lady. Uh, she's being enslaved by a man. She's possessed by a demon. And this man is using this lady to make a profit off of her as a fortune teller. Well, Paul casts the demon out of her. And as you would imagine, this guy's very upset. I mean, Paul just ruined his way to make money. And so he has Paul and Silas arrested. And this angry mob drags them to the magistrate. And they say, these two guys are inciting a riot within our town. Well, the magistrate orders Paul and Silas to be beaten with rods, and then they're thrown into a prison. Well, in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, that's where we meet Paul and Silas. They're right there in prison. Here's what I need you to understand about problems. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. I'm going to ask you to see the problem coming ask you to see the problem coming. You remember what Jesus said, John 16, verse 33, in this world, you'll have tribulation. We're to know as the people of God, we will have problems. I mean, that's what verse 25 says right there. They're they're in a problem. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. You know, we may not know when the problem's going to come, we may not know what the problem's going to look like. We may not know how long the problem's going to last. But we need to remember this morning that we will have problems. See the problem coming. But here's what else I want you to do. I want you to look through the problem. Okay, so we're to know the problem's coming, but then look through the problem. I love what verse 25 says. What were they doing? Look, look there again at your, at your Bible or on your phone. It says at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Isn't that amazing? I mean, th- think about how you may react when a problem comes in your life. What do you do? You get angry, um, get depressed, get mad, complain? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, if I'm Paul and Silas here, I'm, I'm probably a little bit upset. I mean, wouldn't you be mad if you were them? I mean, you're a visitor in this foreign country, in this area you're not from. You've been falsely accused of a crime you didn't commit. You've been beaten by a mob. You've been thrown into prison. there. You don't have a public defender here. You don't get one phone call. There's, there's no rights. And here's what, where you are. Here's the problem facing you. And listen, there's times we don't have to go looking for problems. They're going to come find us. And maybe today there's a problem that's found you. Maybe right now you're in a situation where you're, you're furloughed from work. Or you may, you know, have to find childcare now for your, your child as you're figuring out how to go to work. Or maybe there's another health issue you're dealing with or a marriage issue or, or whatever problem that might be right there before you today. How are you going to react? So we have to see it coming, knowing that it's going to happen, but then we've got to see through it. Our reaction, our response is so important. And what you see Paul and Silas doing Is worshiping. They're continuing to worship the Lord. They're praying and they're singing hymns right there in the middle of that prison cell. You know, I thought about that verse. I thought about this meme that was going around Facebook this past week, and I I really love it. It says conversations will not be canceled, relationships will not be canceled, love will not be canceled, songs will not be canceled. Reading will not be canceled. Self-care will not be canceled. Hope will not be canceled. And so right now, may we lean into the good that remains. Here's what I need you to know today. Don't let your circumstances change your worship. I mean, don't let those circumstances change your worship. You know, over the next several weeks as a church... We have to do worship differently. We have to do life groups differently. We have to do everything we've known differently. But how we worship is going to change for a season. But who we worship doesn't change. If you read through the book of Acts, you're going to find Paul worshiping in a prison. You're going to find Paul worshiping at times in the temple. You're going to find Paul worshiping the middle of a shipwreck. You're going to find Paul worshiping in different circumstances, in different problems at times he faces. Let me encourage you today to continue to worship through this season, because let me ask you this. When you look in verse 25, who's listening, who's watching Paul and Silas worshiping? Look again at the verse about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were. We're listening to them. You know, right now, people are watching you as a believer in Jesus Christ. They're watching you worship. They're watching you to how you respond to problems in your life. And they want to see your joy in God. And right now, you can show them that joy. Yes, we have to do worship a little different. But who we worship doesn't change. So I want to ask you this question. And I want to get a little audience feedback here this morning. Who in your life has maybe encouraged you that you've seen them go through a problem that you still saw them have joy in Jesus? Who's that person? Who's that person that even though they had a problem they were facing, that still continue to worship, still continue to to show joy in Jesus Christ. Now, if you can think of a person like that in the comments section of the video here, I want you to do uh, two things, right? Maybe, yes, I can think of a person. Or maybe you want to write the person's name down and say, here's a person I saw still have joy in the midst of a problem. So if you can think of somebody like that right now, comment, yes, or put their name down. You could even describe out the situation if you'd like to. You know, as you're doing that, let me tell you who that person was in my life. His name was Walter. Walter was one of the founding members of the last church I pastored in Pennsylvania before we moved to Texas. Uh, Walter was my friend. Walter was in his uh, mid-70s. Great man of God. Walter developed cancer in his lungs. We knew it was bad, but we didn't know how bad. Sandra and I were, and the boys were down here visiting her parents on a summer trip. And I knew Walter was meeting with his doctors to receive the test results of how bad the cancer was. I can remember Sandra and their family and I were were out at dinner down in Galveston. I I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but uh, we're sitting there and I've got my phone out on the table and I was expecting the call. Call came and... And it was Walter, and I said, you know, dear, i, I got to take this, this is Walter. And I went out to the parking lot, and it was him. And he said, Pastor, it's bad. And he said, it's it spread all through my lungs, It's the other parts of my body. He said, the doctors have said there's nothing they can do. Not even, there's not even really an experimental drug right now that'll do anything. You know, and as I received that news, I, I started weeping. Right there in the parking lot. I I mean, I started ugly crying, right? Have you ugly cried in a while? I mean, this is not to be gross, but this is snot bubbles, ugly cry. All right. I I mean, I'm just broken, weeping on the phone for Walter. (laughs) And Finally, he goes, pastor. If you understand Walter, if you knew him, you'd you'd get this part. He said, pastor. He said, stop crying. He said, you know who I am. You know, I love Jesus. It's going to be okay. And I think back to that, and, and he called his pastor probably for comfort, and I he's the one comforting me. But I had the privilege and the honor of walking Walter and his wife through the last few moments he had here on earth. And all through that time, I saw with him a joy in Jesus that had not changed. Him worshiping the Lord in the midst of his problems. And so I want you to know that right now, there are people just like these prisoners that were watching Paul and Silas in the middle of your troubles and problems. You can continue to worship the Lord and show people how to respond. Then God does something that only God could do. Don't you love when God does that? Look at what happens next. and Let's read several verses together. In verse 26, it says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Verse 27 says the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice. Do not harm yourself. We're all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I love what Paul says in verse 31. He said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved, you and your household. And what he means by that is, whoever in your household believes will be saved. Verse 32, And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and all were who in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into this house, set food before him, and they rejoiced along with the entire household that he had believed in God. You and I have to see a problem coming. But you and I have to see through the problem. Continue to worship the Lord, even in the midst of it being hard. That miracle that God did... Who did he do it for? And you think about the earthquake he sent. Who was that miracle for? You know, right now you may be praying for a miracle in your life. You may be praying for God to turn a problem around. Who are you praying it for? Why are you praying that will happen? See, I think a lot of us would answer the question, well, God sent the earthquake for Paul and Silas. God did the miracle for them to get them out of prison. I don't think the text says that. I want you to see again what happened. He sent the earthquake, not for Paul and Silas, but for that prison guard. Because did you notice the first question the prison guard asked down there in verse 30? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to know that God you've been singing about? Must, what must I do to know that God you've been praying to? And I love that response. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. You know, when Paul said those words in the middle of that prison cell, they were true. That Jesus Christ is the only one who can save us. Three weeks ago, before we had to deal with the coronavirus here in our community and make all of these different plans. Do you know what? That verse is true. True. And even standing here today, preaching in this empty worship center, looking right at you in this camera, that verse is true. That Jesus Christ and Jesus alone is the one who saves our souls. And so today, I want you to see a problem coming. Know what's going to happen. I want you to look through that problem. And I want you to take these steps of faith today. When you see your problem coming, I want you to ask God to prepare your heart. To say, Lord, I know I'm going to have problems. I don't know what they are going to be. I don't know how long they're going to last. Don't know when it's going to happen. But Lord, I know it'll happen. You go on and be preparing your mind and your heart. Asking God, when it hits to settle me. God, take away that anxiety and that fear. Remind me you're in control. But I want you to see through the problem. Today, I want you to see that Jesus is greater than the problem you are currently in. And the problem you may currently face. And I want you to be a witness for Jesus Christ right now in the midst of that problem. You know, this past week, I was reminded that people are always watching our responses as Christians during this time. I was at a doctor's appointment just kind of for a routine check. And it's the same doctor I've seen several times. And she and I were talking and we got to talking about the coronavirus. And she was telling me some things as medical professionals, what they're doing right now and concerned about. And I said, well, you know, you you know, I pastor this church, Heights Baptist here in town. And I said, here's what we're doing. So we're going to be suspending all our worship services over till the end of April. We're we're moving everything online. We're encouraging people to follow what the CDCs were saying. And she was standing when I told her that. And then she sat down and she said, that's amazing. She said, "Why, why would you do that? And I told her, I said, because at Heights Baptist, we want to love and lead all people to a new life with Christ. And, and one way we f- think that's important is we want to serve our city. we want to love our community. And here's how we can love our community right now. We can love our community by rallying around one another. And, and yeah, it's going to be a little different for us and it's going to be a little uncomfortable. and It's going to be for a season, but this is how we can show we love you. And, you know, through that conversation, I got to chant, talk to her a little bit more about God. Um, I, I don't believe she probably is a believer in Jesus. I, I don't know for sure. But you know what I got a chance to do? Invite her to church. I say, you know, I want to invite you. I'll invite you to our worship service. And here's where you can find us this Sunday. You can go to our Heights Baptist Church Facebook page and, and worship with us. And so what I want you to do during this time is to remember this. That pain and problems are often our greatest opportunity to be a witness for God. That pain and problems are often our greatest opportunity to be a witness for God. So, during this time and this week, I want you to commit to make a difference in the life of someone else. Think about somebody you can call this week, you can email, you can text. Maybe it's somebody from your life group or it's somebody you've been praying for, a neighbor, a friend. You reach out to somebody this week and they say, hey, even though we've got to practice social distancing, we can still be connected. I've been praying for you and thinking about you. How can I help? How can I pray for him? You call him. You text him. You email him. I want you to remember that as we go forward. Your greatest voice right now is Social media. Some of you may say, oh, well, I don't really post a lot to Facebook. And I, you know, no, you know what? Start right now. People are on social media more than they ever have been. Why? Because we're, we're at home. So make your page, your mission page, share the videos we're putting out here from the church, share some scriptures with people, share prayers. You're praying, let your social media pages be your voice right now as we're having to practice distancing from one another, we can stay connected to each other. And finally, I want to encourage you this. Just like that jailer, if you have yet to pray to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, you can do that right now today. You don't have to be in a church to be saved. I mean, this man was in the middle of a jail cell and prayed to receive Christ. I came to know Jesus Christ one night in my bedroom, just prayed right there where I was. And so you can pray today right there in your living room, because you know what? God loves us. God hears our prayers. God knows your heart. And wherever you come to him from whatever location, if you're ready to be saved, have your sins forgiven to come to know God in a personal relationship now and forever. And then one day when you die, have Jesus take you to heaven to be with him forever. If you're ready to make that commitment, I'm going to pray and I'm invite you to pray along with me. And I guarantee you, God will hear you and God will answer that prayer. And so I'm going to invite you just wherever you are today to go to the Lord in prayer. And so I'm going to bow my uh, head and I'm going to close my eyes. And I'm going to invite you to do that in your homes or wherever you're watching this. And I'm going to ask you to pray what's on your heart. But I'm going to pray right now specifically what we call a a prayer that uh, will help you voice to God, your desire to come to know Jesus. And so if you're ready today to become a believer in Jesus Christ, I want you to pray along with me. Dear Lord, I know that I am a sinner and I'm ready to meet Jesus as my Savior. Today, I'm asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, God, for saving me. You know, if you've prayed that prayer today, I want to encourage you to tell someone. You know, this man did. Uh, He went to his house and he said, Hey, I've come to know Jesus. And here's Paul and Silas. And they're going to tell us more about Jesus. I want you to let us know if you pray to receive Christ Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. You can email us through the church uh, Facebook page, you can email me personally or maybe there's other prayer requests you have, feel free to reach out to us through one of those two avenues this week. And I want to thank you for joining us today. I seriously and genuinely mean that. I want to thank you for allowing us to come in and worship with you through this avenue and venue over this next several weeks. This is what we're going to be doing. And so I want to just encourage you along the way in a couple of ways. Number one, share this service on your Facebook page. Even though this is broadcasting live, the video will save to our Heights page, so you can come back and watch it here. We've also started a YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and search Heights Baptist Church, you'll find the video portion of our service that you can watch at any time there. But one of the greatest things you can do is just simply, when this video is done, is click share. Share. And then that will go to your page, and that will go out to your Facebook friends. I would encourage you this week also to connect with someone. Call somebody, email, text, a friend, someone in your life group. Stay connected right now with people as we're having to practice being socially distanced from one another in person. And then finally, I'm going to ask you to stay faithful in your tithing. You know, as a church, again, even though we can't be together physically, we are still very much open. We're still very much functioning as a church. Uh, There are going to be resources and plans that are going to continue to go out over the next several days and weeks. But understand, as a church, we also support not only locally what we do, but globally. We support missionaries. uh, We support our seminaries. We support our Southern Baptist Convention. And so I'm going to ask you to continue to remain faithful in your giving. And there's three ways in which you can do that. Uh, Number one, you can give online. And there's going to be a link in the description of this Facebook post that you can click. That'll take you to our website. and You can give through the online portion of that. You can mail your tithe check to the church or you can drop it off Mondays and Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And let me say this sincerely. Thank you for those of you that dropped it off this week. I was just so blessed to see many of you come up to the office and say, hey, I know we didn't have church on Sunday, but I wanted to make sure to continue to tithe. And thank you for that. Through this season that we are having to separate, the work of the Lord continues. And your faithful giving is going to help that continue, not only for this season, but in the long-term plans of our church. So thank you. I want to encourage you to join us back next week. Continue to check your emails, the Facebook page for updates. Next week, we're going to talk about how Jesus is greater than our worries. So thank you for worshiping with us this week. I hope you have a good week. I hope you stay healthy. Please let us know how we can serve you through this time. God bless and see you next week.